You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his penis. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> all right, so are we finally headed to musings? I Let, think we all. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to musings. Hmm. Well, hmm. Musings. Any, any thoughts? Ponderings. Any feelings? Wonderings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're doing something a little different than what we normally do in this snack bite. And we're just going to go down. We're going to try to keep it short. We're going to try to keep it succinct. We're going to try to do things we've never done before. And so we have, we decided let's go through like three of our short top five moments as it relates to series three. And so that's like our top five disappointments because that's real. Our top five gains, because that's also real. And then our top five wants for series four. So I'm gonna let you start it off. Let's go. Wait, you wait, should we go with disappointments d- first? Okay. Or should we go with, no, we should actually end with something sweet and nice. So let us start with the disappointments. Okay, so we'll start with disappointments. Top five, number five, Carolyn's declaration of cold turkey. Like, I don't know why she thought that I was going to just believe that. And then that'd just be like a thing. We've wrapped up the season. Cold turkey. It's just cold. It's it's done. It's over. Even on a spinoff show, I wouldn't accept that. Like, I would know that this is a lie and something else was, a lead was being buried intentionally. And then I would be pulling at the seams of that, which is more of, more of the reason why when I saw Eve look at Villanelle and look back at Carolyn and was like, I'm out of here because I don't know what y'all are both on. <laughs> But this is nonsense, and she I'm said, not going to take ain't it. it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but this sorry. ain't it. All right, so I think I was trying to figure out, like, what was my least worst disappointment. And I think I've settled on... <sighs> There's a lot that ultimately upsets me about Series 3, if I'm honest. And I'm just trying to decide, I'm like, which one has bothered me least of these last two? Because I had an honorable mention, but I'm like, let me throw one of those out. All right, so you know what? I'm going to go with Kenny's lackluster death. And that goes for Kenny dying so soon in the series, and then that explanation that we had to deal with at the end and the fact that motherfucking Constantine has seen no justice as far as I'm concerned for what happened with Kenny. Um, Kenny was a sweet summer child. He did not deserve what he got except that's what we got as viewers. So His last lines were, you coming? Oh, shit. <laughs> I got time for that. Uh, yeah, that was my number two. But uh, let's see. My number four is the time skip. Oh, the time jump. So the fact that we decided that series two was going to be, you know, like, what, 30 seconds about after what happened in, in mm-hmm. the finale of series one to then say, let's let six months go by and then not fill any holes because that's not why we're here. <laughs> When we actually, are so immersed actually, in the story of the will they won't they actually remember Suzanne Heathcote she elaborated on that and I you know what I should hold on to that I should hold on to that because I actually it's one of my ones it's one of my ones you know what I will I will elaborate later yeah so that's my uh, number four the time skip all right all right all right so we started with Kenny. And I've just done a switcheroo because I'm like, I think this is more upsetting to me than I initially thought it was. But I'll go with my number four, that Nico did not die when he was pitchforked. (laughs) That I had to deal with the fact (laughs) that Nico was not only alive, but he was talking that shit 
with his uncle. With his uncle in the hospital to Eve. I did not have Nico survives on my bingo card. Like it was not. I did not not either. I did not. I did not. I did not. Even if you say the wife is the husband and the husband's the wife, the wife's head is in the box. The head is in the box. What's in the box? Shout out to Seven. The fact that y'all let him live is just, it's weird, but okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we all know that Candace wanted Nico's head on a plate, much like that artistic fan fiction. Do you remember the Killing Eve fan that was doing all the painting mashups? Oh, And yes. it was Nico's head on an actual plate. It's my favorite <laughs> fan art. I think it was our pinned tweet for quite some time before I was like, oh, let's change it to this video. But yeah, I, I loved the concept of Nico dead. And he is. He is. It just wasn't where we wanted it to be. Like somehow, somehow he was airlifted out of Poland. Somehow that health insurance plan, whatever they got going on in the UK, is obviously the most bomb shit in the world, in the the galaxy, I would say. Because the way that they saved Nico, the way that they stopped that bleeding, the way that he had no scars. Because can we talk about that? Can we talk about the fact that Nico, (laughs) that the the, the effects department was like, we don't need a scar for Nico. Not this time, not this episode. Doesn't matter. But yeah. So are we back to me? Or no, we're on Uh, to you. Yeah. So it's my number. Number three and um, back to, I guess, men and the level of which I guess we all felt they either mattered or didn't matter uh, was uh, my death of Paul. Now, the only reason why the death of Paul is here is because less than 60 seconds before he is murdered, we hear Carolyn say after Constantine says, well, why aren't you doing this to him? And she says, because he doesn't matter anything to me. Like, he doesn't matter. And we all understand that so him dying is like okay it's not a whoop he was i guess she was like well he's never gonna play ball like we don't know the full motivations behind him dying it was just well now he's gone we don't have to worry about him in series four he's just out of here i guess and you know people reacting to death up close because it was five people in a room and somebody died so sure we got to experience that i guess all right so we're on to my third okay i think my third top disappointments of series three fuck it I'm gonna go with it. Eve's gunshot explanation. And it's a twofer because, as I indicated before, Suzanne had given us an explanation and she basically said, was like, luck? (laughs) She said, luck? She said, Taurus? She said, barely made it. Sheer happenstance. And so all of that theorizing, you guys, all of that poetry, all of that poetry that we created in between series two and three was trash. All those ideas we had about some sort of synchronicity in the wounds, some sort of analogy or allegory to be made with the shot, some sort of poetic reason. It doesn't exist for Suzanne. And even though, even though Eve broke the woods after Villanelle broke a lock to get into this tourist space that definitely seemed fucking closed. And not only closed, like just closed in general, like closed for six months. Somehow, even though Eve was bleeding out, tourists came upon her. They were they were looking for a place to like, you know, spray their tags. You know, you know how those those they're gonna graffiti color. They're gonna graffiti ancient Roman (laughs) sculpture. Right. You know I just feel like that's the way you go to jail in Italy, right? Like that's how you go, is that you go to some Roman Coliseum type shit and just like tag your name like Steve just here. (laughs) Like you're going, you're getting locked up and they're probably gonna beat you up in a jail. But we can go, we can go to your next one. I won't I won't spend eighty five years talking about this. I just wanna say that I thought it was going to be poetic and special as fuck, like just some sort of syllogism, something, some sort of relation to where Eve was shot. 
But none of that. When I tell you none of that happened, I mean, none of that. And you guys know because you were there with me. You guys, you were here. You were alive. You experienced it with me. You saw what happened. We all, I think, went out a gasp when they were like, it's just she intended to kill her because I was ready to die on that hill. I was like, no. Villanelle is a trained assassin. She doesn't just shoot somebody and not make sure they're dead. And then we also talked about Constantine and then said, okay, well, maybe when she's emotional, she can't really be a good assassin, which is interesting because otherwise we'd say she's the best assassin. But whatever. Let me just let it go. I mean, just give it to give it to Lilith. Just (laughs) exercise this demon of Uh, the Eve bullet hole location and the fact that we didn't get to see it and that Villanelle didn't get to see it because that's I'm just going to add that like a like here's my three. But then three a is that Villanelle never got to see the wound. I Because we know that I theorized for at least three hours about what that could go like, and it never happened. We never saw anything. Uh, so you already know that my number two is Death of Kenny, but I'll put in up replacement number two, and that's going to be Geraldine as a pivot from the action. So we decided... You could do both, that... but yeah. Well, Geraldine was a major L for us all. She decided to just be someone who stokes uh, Carolyn's fires, who stokes Constantine's fires. She's just a lot of stoking is what she was doing. She was, you know, bugging her own mom, uh, I guess, beyond her realm of understanding. Uh, She left her plants to uh, die. She decided to kill. Thank you. She decided to kill. She decided to kill (laughs) Carolyn's cacti by overwatering them because... It's not like we don't all know that cacti are like a desert type of plant that thrives on low <laughs> Maybe moisture. Maybe Geraldine did it, all right? <laughs> not everybody knows everything. Not everyone has the same amount of information they're working from. And she's grabbing, you know, wonky carrots and experimenting with natural deodorants. Like, Carolyn's reeds. I mean, yes, I get it. And they're entertaining. But the last scene Carolyn kind of had with Geraldine was like, the writer going, I, I don't know why we put up with this for so long, but it's, I, we think it's time you left. It was like, we're, we're going to just gonna just get rid of this character is what we're going to do. And that's what it sort mm. of felt like. It was like, well, here's your swan song. You don't die, but we, you know, we don't, we won't need you to come back ever, really. Thanks. <laughs> but no thanks. Um, so, yeah, but the fact that, you know, well, that makes sense. Lots of valid minutes valid on disappointment. Screen. Valid disappointment. Could have gone anywhere. It could have gone anywhere. Like we could have watched Constantine shop for stamps and it probably would have been more fulfilling. So, yes, I, I agree there with your number two. Perhaps you guys could see my number two coming. Just think. Think to yourself. What? What did Candace yell about probably the most last year when it came to Villeneuve? And it was the smashing. It was a smash. Actually. So my number two is not even the ultimate smash. I'm already giving my insight into my number one. It is it is the fact that Eve did not smash another woman. I I was there. I was dreaming of it. I wanted it. I think it's makes a lot of sense for someone who's just walked into their queer jaunt to just like jaunt off in a club with somebody who they find attractive that and then especially of course when we consider Eve's like mindset and the fact that she was literally a drunkard. She was <laughs> she was day drinking. Yeah, she She was was. brown bagging it. She was not being the most responsible person. And so I'm just like, yo, this is the this is the time for bad decision making. And jaunting off with a woman is a probably good decision that she can make at the club. But for Eve, possibly, potentially a bad decision. And I just wanted to see her like live her truth. And that truth being she's attracted to women like in some other space that did not involve Villanelle, especially for people like Darby, who don't think that Eve is a queer character, despite, again, the obvious queerness that has emerged. We are not of the thought that you have to actually bang somebody to be queer. Like, that's not 
what does it? And so if you have come to some understanding that you can have a relationship, an intimate relationship emotionally or otherwise with someone who is your gender, like that's, you on a spectrum, bitch. And so for all the people who've been arguing about Eve not being on the spectrum, whatever, argue with your mom, argue with your pastor, your priest, people on the bridge, but not me, because I do not agree at all. I do believe Eve is queer. I feel like it's been canon since season one. And again, um, ask somebody else about it because Kansas doesn't want to argue. This is just my thoughts. This is my opinions. And that's that's what it is. So the fact that Eve didn't smash another woman here, here. in series three is a, a forever disappointment because we had just delete one of those Geraldine scenes and take Eve to the bar. That's it. Right. If we think about That's how it. sexually charged series one was, when we think about how sexually charged, including Doro's series two was to the point where there were there were proxy, <sighs> there were proxy uh, instruments used and but a <laughs> like I'm talking about like you know the the het that got to live in series two after he got shot and who got to live in the, series two and he sued in series three. Off screen, Hugo. Right, but Whatever. he was in the he was in the proximity while the bug was in the ear. It's the patriarchal agenda. was like, agenda. you know what? Stop no, talking. Yeah. And then, <laughs> right. No, you're right. You Thanks are right. for the threesome, Eve. Yeah. Too bad Nika didn't know to say that when the flowers came because Eve was like, you should go upstairs. You should go upstairs. Like, right now. Like, this is... <laughs> That was another threesome. That reminds me. So I'm just so glad they kept all that shit off screen. Like, they Lord. knew. But they knew. We're not trying to see Sandra O and Owen together. I mean... No disrespect, no shade to you, Owen, (laughs) but also shade. Because I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I'm good. I'm good without it. The only time Nico knew it was a threesome was that other morning when he was scared. (laughs) That poor man was like, I'm scared to find out what makes you happy. (laughs) Oh, wait, are you talking about when she was pushing up on on him? and You'll um, be happy here. Right. (laughs) What was that girl's name? Lord. uh, Gemma. Gemma. Nico. Gemma, Lord. <laughs> well, I mean, and Gemma got played in the end as well. So it <laughs> didn't work out. It did not it did not work out for Gemma. All right, so we on to number ones? Like, number is that what doing? one. Um, if anyone knows me, this is a clear shot, clear as day shot. Um, y'all decided to red shirt Mojafari. And in the worst way. And I don't know in why. The worst. I wish I could have put money down on what your number one was. And it was all first off, it's off screen. And then you had to show me that he was dead. So you were like, yeah, he's missing. But not only is he missing, he's dead. You had to show me that. And it was like, well, how? We don't we don't get to know how. We just know Rianne did it, but we don't know how she did it. But apparently she's skilled enough to do it. And it's like, well, where was that piece of skill at when and it just starts this avalanche of trying to square the circle and it doesn't square it doesn't it, it barely circles but but you know i'm just gonna <sighs> let it be one of those things that just lives on in infamy and <laughs> wait you grit your teeth when I, you say that mo it's i i get it you were you you were here for a good time and not a long time and i appreciate you and i hope you um are, are happy over here for a good time not a long time i, I found, I found you i found your instagram and it, it's quite lovely um keep keep doing what you not do. you flirting through the podcast no, I'm, I'm sure Mo Jafari, please give terrence dump, jump into terrence's dms okay i mean you can just send a photo it's fine <laughs> 
I forgot that's how y'all y'all boys be doing it. Send a photo. No, Let it's like sign it. No, like, like oh, you mean a signed photo? Right. Okay, yeah. So not not a rated X photo. My right, bad, right. Bad. Oh, my L. bad. Yeah, I'm the one in the gutter. All right, so let me go to my number one moment, which is me in the gutter, if we're being honest. And it is that Eve and Villanelle did not smash. That that is y'all already know. Like y'all shouldn't be surprised. I I've been advocating for the smash for years now. At this point, I've been talking about how we need it's the true. smash. It's and true. if you guys have listened to our hours of ranting following the close of season three. You know that I'm basically saying if we don't get the smash in season four, they've done the equivalent of jumping a shark in a sense, because I don't I don't get it. Like hets don't even take this long to manifest their flirts that have gone across seasons. So for me, again, two grown bitches, but then also the amount of sexual tension that has been established in the story with the two actors, that it doesn't make sense for you to be grown and sexually active, which we know that both these women are. They don't have any issues that we're aware of. So who, who does not go to the boudoir? I ask again. I ask again. And if one of you has what you feel is a decent enough answer, send that shit into the inbox because I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to make it make sense. There is no sense. There is no way. And I would invite anyone who thinks that they could actually convince me that it does make sense for them not to smash. Come on a damn show. We'll find a way to conference you in to have a discussion because I want to debate. I want to argue because I just I feel like it's not right. It doesn't make any sense. And when you look at other shows, head shows or not, that are ridiculously oversexed, we have been through it because we got Nico and Eve sex multiple times. We, we did. sure did. We did. We got implied relations between Geraldine and Constantine. We never asked for that. We, we, ne- did. we never did. We never did. Right. We got a whole ass wife with Villanelle, but no sexy. And so I'm just saying, Killing Eve has been trading on some queer fucking shit. Now's the time. Now's the time to go all in. And they honestly wouldn't have me this pissed off if they would have allowed Eve to hook up with another woman. But they didn't. In fact, they didn't let Eve do anything in that respect. And I'm just like, how do you have a woman? How do you have a person come into your life the way Villanelle did? And fuck up. Fuck up. Your undergarments, the way Villanelle did, have that experience in Italy. And you just, you back, you just back at home chilling? Tribe you back in Koreatown chilling? <laughs> <laughs> Villanelle caught a ho-o sure off of that bread passing situation. So I'm just, whatever. So y'all, that's my number one. That's my number one. It shouldn't come as a surprise, much like Terrence's mo number one, is that this is where we've been at for the past year and this is what we deserve actually you can get what you deserve Mo was never coming back we know this he's dead he's gone he's buried six feet under maybe he was cremated but Mo's never coming back but we could get our smash and if they don't want me to just be hate tweeting all of 2022 when it comes to Killing Eve they need to give us what we deserve we've put in our time we've paid our penance yeah 2022 better be like the end of the rainbow like I want I want all of the things but let me not get ahead of ourselves. We just got finished wrapping up our disappointments and we said we were going to make it lighter as we go. So are we going to do, you want to do moments first? Yeah, we can do top moments. Okay. Um, My number five is for my top moments of series three was the villain Eve phone call. So what I mean is that by the end of episode seven, when the train is just missed and we get the we got to stop meeting like this and we're oh, like with the um snuffleupagus and it's like in yeah. green yes and, and it's like you mean this whole time or between whenever and whenever you weren't ready you weren't ready when you were sitting with dash and you had the bin baby you weren't ready to to, to see eve but but by this time you you guys are talking and it's almost like you randomly remember that she exists because you saw her and that you also just have her number 
multiple reasons, but the fact that y'all even spoke was like, well, now that I know you're coming, I know that I could just, you know, reach out whenever. Well, the writers didn't give us those insight because we knew Villanelle was texting Eve from series two. And those texts were fucking cute. <laughs> and so I feel like we kind of thought that she had to be calling Eve, but we just had no confirmation that there was ever that, that that was a thing that they did. So I agree. That was a great moment. Oh, are we going to me now? Are we doing the back and forth? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm going to start off my number five with the introduction of the lady in red in those uh, Manolos, those uh, bloody shoes. As Cardi would say. Oh, she did. And they, well, you know, accuracy. And so I really like that. I just, I am a sucker for a woman in a fantastic pair of shoes. It is what it is. I admit this. I know this. I appreciate this. And so that entry point of the lady in red with Dasha in the pool and the way Harriet plays it by looking up like in awe, but also fear. Like, I like that. I like women that inspire awe and fear at the same time while wearing an excellent pair of shoes. And so, yes, that for me was top five because at that time I still believe the Lady in Red was going to be a badass bitch. And that's not to say that I don't believe they can return her to some form of glory. I just mean that they ended her through Rianne in a horrible way because Rianne took a whole L. But the intro to Lady in Red, what they implied about her, the way I was screaming about her on the live and in the podcast was because of the, the fantastic introduction of another badass bitch into Killing Eve. Yeah, I want her to like be... I want her to like ascend and they have to, there has to be a way where we could kind of just see that where she's like, if I had to compare it to any rise, like how glory appeared and like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she's just like on this level that no one was really prepared to deal with. Like, I, I don't, there has to be a way to color this character and just get her to like, I just, there's a pedestal I have this character on and I feel bad because I, I'm going to feel a way. If she doesn't deliver, if they don't write her the way how I need them to write her, like she's she's it. I, I don't want to see something like come out of nowhere left field and like take her out of her like rank or spot. To me, she's the top and I don't want to see anything really above her. I don't want to see it. I'm not saying it can't exist, but I don't want to see it. True, true. All right, let's go down to your next. Uh, number four. Oh, number four is Irina choosing violence. Oh, so, that's actually a good one. That wasn't on my list. So uh, at the end of... I the baby misandrist. <laughs> well, right. We all know. <laughs> we all know which episode that was because they did play our little Edina um, after the fact. But you're right. Baby misandrist, baby assassin on the rise. Even though that story, again, was just ended in a really weird way with Constantine. They should have done better by Edina and Constantine. Just, again, delete, delete Geraldine. And suddenly we do better by Constantine, Edina, Eve, and Villanelle. Isn't it wild? Yeah. Laura and Laura Neal, we trust. I actually cursed Terrence for saying that earlier, but I was feeling salty about what Suzanne did. So I'm back to saying, and Laura, and Laura, we trust. Yes. Okay. Let me go to my next one. Oh, here it is. Number four. Admitted Eve. You wish I was there. <laughs> Bravo. Admitted. Bravo. Because I was like, what, what? I was like, is she under the bed? Like, I, I knew because we saw that it was a toy. But well, at the same time. See, uh, yeah, I know. I know what she Eve saying. was like, there's a voice. There's a smell. Because she was like, hello? And it was she's clean. like, there's a boudoir. No. No, no, right. <laughs> she was in her boudoir. Right. She was like, first off, who cleaned? Room? I don't have room service. Oh, no. <laughs> Not that. Um, Just because Villanelle picked up the, the takeout container and, with the rodent inside and, and sure, set it free outside? And, and, but the smell was also there. So that's already oh, unsettling. Oh, let's hope that Eve had some Febreze. And then... um, I believe that she would have Febreze. 
Orville now put her scent in, in like something so that Eve would smell her and just know that she was there. I and... am of the thought that Villanelle always wears a scent and therefore, depending on how she's feeling that day, she would leave her scent behind. And anyone who has like a decent kind of perfume or cologne, like if you're in a closed space, like it'll linger. Yeah, it it will. will linger. It will. And we know what Candace thinks about what happened in the boudoir afterwards because she kept clicking the heart. She did. She and we know eyes. that Villanelle went through she several versions. <laughs> and she was like, this is the one because this is the one that trolls you with desire. Because Villanelle was like, vulnerability. <laughs> not here, not now, not to the ballroom scene. But she just trolled her with desire, which she knows. She's like, I, I know what you want about. I remember Italy. I do. I remember what <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about the hotel and um, poor Hugo again. But not that I, I feel sorry for Hugo. I don't. I don't feel sorry for Hugo. <laughs> Thanks for the threesome, Eve. Okay, this, next this one. coffee's cold. Alright, so uh, my number three. Steppies by Eve Palastri. So we got to uh, hear, you know, the icy darkness in you, Clay, as Eve decided to lean in into you know, the chest of Dasha who was on the floor laughing at the fact that, you know, that she got her husband good. And, you know, we got to, again, get that Foley goodness before the Popo decided to ruin our party. But the fact that we saw that Eve was into it was just great because, first off, it's Eve on screen. So that's already a plus. And then um, it's Eve doing stuff to people and it's not like she was manipulated by like a fourth party to get her to do a thing she maybe didn't want to do this was her choice she chose all of these things eve chose violence and it felt good i can rock with that i can rock with that it did feel good to see eve choose violence so i definitely agree there from my third oh this is what i put I enjoyed the moment where Eve and Villanelle were together, essentially cuddling, if you ask me, like two petulant children at the very end of the finale episode. <laughs> after they've been reprimanded by Carolyn, they're sitting on the couch just watching events unfold that for once have nothing to do with them. <laughs> like has nothing to do with Eve being ridiculous, has nothing to do with Villanelle being ridiculous and everything to do with Constantine being ridiculous and a liar. And so I just thought that that was one of my favorite moments of the series, just watching them like troubleshoot in real time or try to no, right. about the parental figures, which is just Carolyn and Constantine. When you juxtapose that with episode five of series two, while, you know, they're the ones together, like, wow, look at what they're doing. Let's let's watch and observe. It was essentially Villanelle and Eve, like, let's watch and observe, kind of because they told us to be quiet and do that. But also because what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> like, we're we're confused. We're lost. Because Villanelle didn't have the whole story. Eve right. didn't have the whole story. And they were like, yo, what is this? Oh, my God, is Carolyn about to murk a bitch? And, of course, Carolyn did not murk that bitch. I would like to honorably mention that as one of my disappointments because I didn't mention it. But I, I'm still kind of still kind of tight that Carolyn like, did not murk anybody. Not even but... natural causes? Like, no heart attack? Blood pressure, nothing? She, she just marked the power gay. The power gay and the MI6. That's all we got. But yeah, that was my number three. That was a good number three. You made me think of just the relationships between Eve and Carolyn and Villanelle and Constantine, even throughout series one. Constantine's like, yeah, this part was good, but these things were bad. Why do you keep doing these things? Stop doing these things. So it's always Constantine, yes, scolding a Villanelle. It's Carolyn, you're making me yawn. I'm stressed. You're stressing me out, Eve. Eve, you went behind my back. You told Vlad about the fact that I double-crossed him. You told, like... You took my asset from my house and gave it up for what? For what, Eve? You have nothing. You thought you were getting Villanelle. You have nothing. So you're sitting in my house because I'm shutting down. She, Eve 
Carolyn had to shut down the studio to MI6 so many times. She was like, look, just fly home. One-way ticket. Go straight home. Do not pass go. Don't collect $200. Y'all are a hot mess. And it was beautiful to just see them, like you said, at the end go, oh, Carolyn's yelling at somebody, and it's not me. <laughs> oh, look, Constantine's in trouble, and it's not because I messed up either. So, yeah, I love your number. So, All right, let's go to your number two. Number two for me is um the end of series four where we um have eve waving at nico and then nico's like what's going on and all of a sudden we see this pitchfork just goes through his neck and there were just vibes to be had by all before we knew nico wasn't fully dead yet vibes those were good vibes no this is what i mean like those vibes that that instant serotonin that like hit no that was good it was a (laughs) it was a wave it was a mood it was a moment and we were all living our best lives in that moment till they stole it from us um (laughs) shortly thereafter just a couple weeks but because it wasn't right after we got the pinner episode they they made us wait they had us thinking that nico was dead and we were still rejoicing in that fact until they were like actually he's salty in a hospital they did to owen too to be fair because he was like because they get them in batches of well yeah they two. did do it to owen i mean i'm sure he was happy to get the bag but he too was like oh oh this is what we do with nico i'm okay. back oh you sure <laughs> is this a flashback <laughs> oh my god well my number two is on the total opposite end of the spectrum of like my top five season three moments and number two is the fact that even villanelle finally kissed they finally i was gonna say swap spit like a teenager but that's did they? They, you know what, held, me... they held it. <laughs> and it was at least for three no, no, full no. I just, seconds. Every time points. I think of Spit and Sappho, suddenly disobedience is going to come back into to play. When I hear Spit, I think mono and how no one oh knows what mono is anymore. <laughs> Have you seen the film Disobedience? You know what? I'm is that because mono's gone? Queue. I don't think mono's gone. I don't think so why don't gone. people know what it is? All oh, right. Right. It, I... Well, Disobedience is uh, with Rachel Wise. And the other Rachel, Rachel McAdams, and they're gay in there. The plot is basically like, all right, yeah, so Disobedience was a film that came out, I want to say, in 2017. It was one of those films that, like, you knew it was happening, but it just felt like it took forever. And then you can only see it on the festival circuit. And then things were coming out, like, spit swapping. But that is something that is in the love scenes and they live in a traditional sort of orthodox Jewish community if I remember correctly and you know everything that comes with that and so Rachel Wise in the film her character returns like she's gone off to like live her life and be a photographer and just not be caught up and Rachel McAdams character has been back there doing a head life and so they were lovers and you know when when Sappho is back in the scene with the gangster lean vibes will flourish sure and will. so when we finally get to when we finally get to the the love scene between these two women, there is a, a swapping of spit. Just like, here's some spit from me to you. Open up. <laughs> open wide. Open sesame. And so there was some debate amongst the gays, the queers. Oh, do, is this what... Do people... Um, I don't know if you want to speak for yourself. If someone has ever just spit into thine mouth, like they were blessing you with communion. I mean, those I will are... say I've seen it. It's been in several documentaries. Sir, even, oh, do- wait, wait. <laughs> It's been in, I've seen the Pornhub documentary, sure, sir. Sure. Let's see it. Right. Right. Some of them may not may no longer be housed in the um vaults that they were in because wow. purges happened. Wow. You know, um back in the um museum of Tumblr, I've seen a few spit documentaries there as well, but a lot of those are also gone. <laughs> Tumblr, they, Tumblr got baptized, I'm going to say, what, 2017, 2018? Somewhere around then, 2018. I don't know. I haven't logged in in a bit. But yeah. Different strokes for different folks, but probably not during Rona. Oh, That's how no. I feel about swapping the spit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, experiment, have fun. 
laugh. Sorry. It's just I'm I'm now flashing back to the discourse that I saw online at Take the time. chances. From the lesbians, from Make the queer mistakes. ladies who were like, uh, they had opinions. They had opinions. So, yes, that was where that came from, that disobedience reference. Um, are we to number one? I just went on stuff a tangent. I can't even remember. Right. Oh, that yeah. started with the kiss. That started with mm-hmm. the kiss. Actually, let me take it back. Let me roll it back to the kiss and just say that was fantastic. <laughs> it was a long time coming. Sure was. It was fantastic, as I already said. But especially and primarily for me, because Villanelle was all the way shook at the end. And I felt like I had been predicting since the show came on that when that happened of the two, Villanelle would be the most shook. And because they had Eve taking control in the situation and using it to both disarm her and just be like, I don't know, let's see the sapphic vibes, that Villanelle was appropriately shook. She had to get off the bus and just stare in disbelief as Eve tried to get herself together, barely, as we know, because she showed up at the bitter pill, not together at all. But yeah, that's why I love the kiss, because it was great. It was fantastic. The dynamics were on point. Eve used what she could. She can't fight. She can't throw a punch, but she can throw a kiss. And so congratulations, Eve Palastri. May you use those skills against Villanelle in Series 4. And on to my number one, uh, which basically will tie in your number two. My number one is Villain Eve and then hyphen on the dance floor. So uh, we have first off Villain Eve, which didn't make as big of an appearance as I would have loved in series three. But, you know, I'm not going to shy away from saying that I didn't enjoy every little bit that I got because I did. I did enjoy. I enjoyed the bus. I enjoyed the almost seeing each other on the train, the phone calls. I've enjoyed the sitting on the couch. I've enjoyed the ballroom and I've enjoyed the bridge. But um, the ballroom is to me is where it's at because it was like finally Phil and Eve together having a real conversation, having a real moment just like not it's not perform performative it's not i'm only here because carolyn told me to be here it's not i'm not here because constantine told me to be here it's it's not eve i need your help it's not villanelle i finally found you it's why here why why are we meeting here and here and what's wrong and I really just wanted you to open up. I know you said you heard a lot of people. And she said, I know. She said, I know. And then you were about to say something else. And then you saw out the corner of your eye that Rhiannon, her comfy wear, was entering the scene to deliver a message to you from the lady in red. And it just, it fucked your whole shit up. Like, but the fact that we even got what we got, it wasn't long enough. It wasn't long enough, but it was still glorious the melting into each other after we didn't even know who was gonna lead who and we had to just try to figure out okay how do we even move and sync together and then the sinking into each other like everything everything was amazing devour each other ladies devour each other and do it do it for yourselves. Oh, yeah. Devour each other, ladies, but do it for us on our time <laughs> on air. I don't know what the fuck Terrence is talking about in this universe, but let's see it on air. Let's see it on the television. So, yeah. Basically, my number one is also the ballroom, obviously. The ballroom scene is the superior scene of all the series three. And so I just love it for all the reasons that you said, not to belabor the point, but the talking. We have all wanted just like, a conversation, a real conversation, some sort of something where they're not interrupted and they actually seem to be like sharing real shit. And the fact that Eve was able to have that immediate insight into like she's different. Not only is she different, she's authentic because we know how Eve infamously called out Villanelle's bullshit 
in episode five of series one. Mm-hmm. And she was like, stop lying, stop lying, girl, stop lying. And so the fact that she was barely looking at Villanelle for five seconds when she was like, what's wrong? It just goes to show me, anyway, their connection, how intrinsic it is, how without words, it's in a space that doesn't require words. It's in a space that's just full of vibes and energy and feelings. And that's nice because that means it's, for me anyway, that it's electric, it's magnetic. Which again, I don't want to go back to the smash, but I'm just going to put out there again, the smash, when you're that electric, when you're that magnetic, you also become magnetic between the sheets. It's just what happens. So, yeah. I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet, but the ballroom scene is everything. The ballroom scene for me will always exceed the bridge scene. That is the camp I'm in. Mm -hmm. That is the hill I'm willing to die on. We made sure it's you guys. We are team ballroom. Yes. So that was great. That was great. I figured we would both link up on the top one because, I mean, the ballroom is... It's the ballroom. We get romance. We get comedy. We get dancing. We get closeness, proximity. I mean, honestly, honestly, one of my things anyway is just seeing women dance just like in some sort of setting that is maybe choreographable, like, you know, ballroom or a Latin dance or whatever. Choreographed dancing is nice to me and you don't see the quiz. Do it really at all. And so the fact that they just did that, I just, it was romantic. It was nice. It was nice. Slow dancing. (sighs) Laura, can we have more stuff like that? Like, can we just have like one episode where they're not on the run, where they're not concerned about who's about to mark them and they just have another dance at the club? I mean, that would be fine. Or at the country club. Wherever wherever it needs to be, just, I want it to exist. Laura, please and thank you. All right, so we are on to our final list of today and that is our top five wants. This season, meaning series four. The season four. <laughs> There's no season in 2021. I played myself for series four. All right. Uh, my number five for top five once is uh Charlotte to kind of just come back on the scene and whatever. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. I I was Charlotte's think... not wardrobing anymore. <laughs> wardrobing I mean, is not a word, but but I mean I feel like not. this she time not. now she not you know like. She booked. I know. Charlotte is so talented. Is she ever not booked? And I don't think there's a reason that she should never not be booked. What if someone is shooting and doing something fictional in which they need dated clothes, Charlotte should be on that damn list. I agree. Well, that's my five. I may not get it. And that, uh, that's understandable. I'm sorry that I deaded your five. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not like, happening. No. no. It's not. But it's just because I follow her on Insta just because I'm like, what are you doing? What are you making today? What's cute? And so I just, I would love if we got Charlotte back. But I feel about as optimistic about that as I do about Mo Jafari. So take it, take it as you will. <laughs> Miam's of an angel. But shout out to Charlotte Mitchell. That's her last name, right? Let me. Yeah, Charlotte Mitchell is her name. Designing the shit out of characters is her game. All right. So for me, my number five on top five wants for season four, for series four, is oh, is that my honorable mention? Okay. So I'm just going to put two because I couldn't figure it out when I wanted to be five. So part one A of this answer is Carolyn needs to add a woman to her rotation in which I can see. Like, I would like to see a woman in Carolyn's rotation getting it in, just doing whatever Carolyn needs and wants. And I just want to see it. I don't have to know anything about the relationship. I just have to see the aftermath like y'all been doing with Constantine and that other dude she was messing with when Constantine was salty because he they ran into each other. And she was like, oh, booty call one, me booty call two. <laughs> I'm busy, though. I got to go. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Those dudes were upset. Poor kid. And yes. And the other half of that is better fucking assassins. Like, 
And it's in all caps for me. And I, I think of Rianne. I do. I think of her and I think of the waste. That happened, I think of... Uh, boom, in the head. Mm-hmm. That guy? Felix. Oh, Felix. Yeah. I wished Felix could have stuck around longer. I see you were referencing Frank just now. <laughs> boom, right in the head. <laughs> yeah, Frank was a loser. So we just need better assassins. Like, if you want us to believe that they're on some John Wick level, like, do that. Write that. Show us that. Like, is the 12, like, Uber for assassins? The people just the sign up? The 12 is Uber for assassins. And I think like... there's a sign-up sheet. <laughs> no one gets denied. You're up there until you get marked plausibly by oh, your coworker, Lord. like Villanelle did to poor Felix, but yes. Alrighty. So, my number four is a cameo from Kirby Howell Baptiste to reprise her role as a later. And I'm, I just, so I you can't just let her go. asking for shit that, I can't that definitely, go. probably, for sure, will not happen. But that's, like, that's they could do want. a voicemail. Do you know that Christina Yang is still oh, active in my Grace? God. Like, first Sandra of all, oh first of all, there. first of all, first of all, it's Sandra Oh and Grace. Right. And everybody there would like a piece of Sandra O oh back. Everybody would be like, if Sandra O oh must return and slum it on this damn show, we will take her back because we love her. The range, the fans, everything's good. That's different, though. That's different. The one we're dealing with here. I hate to tell you. Well, Kirby got range and she's also beautiful. And she's Kirby got range, amazing But things. Kirby's booked. She the is thing booked. is, Kirby's booked well, the know. fuck Charlotte out. Charlotte is also Kirby's booked. Kirby's gone. Yes. It's just like Charlotte. I, I thought I said, your wants are not either like, I want them. I want to root for you. But at the same time, I'm like, it's not happening. Like a Zoom it's call. It's not happening. Like, did, does she even know that Kenny's dead? Like, I just. No, she doesn't. And they don't care. If they wanted to have continuity with like Kenny's fucking friends and family she would have been at the funeral like it's i just whatever scheduling kirby being booked she was on that other show on cbs access now paramount plus so maybe she just they couldn't they couldn't work it out but you're right that they there's an extended period in time for which they can film but we also know their scripts are done so if kirby not in that script it's not happening yeah my next one is for number four ah i see here i would like for the lady in red to take her revenge or try to because the 12 isn't scary to me right now. The 12 is such a bitch-ass organization. Like I said, I think a street-level gang and a basic gang. Not even the best gang. I'm not talking the cartel. I'm just talking about some some dudes. And some, <laughs> just some dudes fucking around. I feel like they could take the 12. And so that is an issue that I would like for the writers to fix going forward. Like, like make the 12 scary again. Like, can we do that? Can we make the 12 intimidating? Could we allow the lady in red to be terrifying in episode one? Because whatever we see about her, she should be mad. She should have like an axe to grind. And I want her to be scary. I want for us to feel some sort of reason that Villanelle and Eve should be intimidated that the lady in red has shifted her entire focus to fucking them up because that's what we deserve. We we deserve a 12 that is actually intimidating, especially since Carolyn decided to say at the end of series three that, oh, they're two. They're too big. They're too good. And I'm like, really? Carolyn, because all the evidence with Rianne points to the 12 not being too good to take down. But sure. I mean, when you think of someone who is is as untouchable as Carolyn Martins, who could show up in Rome and be like, I'm actually not in Rome. I'm home watching television. And you going, wow, because who's going to check you? Who's going to call you a liar? Oh, we, we the cleaning crew is here to make sure that, you know, everything is gone without a hitch. And it's like, wow, that there's people who are playing at this level. Paul, oh, yeah, it's a suicide. Just come and do, you know, the thing that you do. Wow, at your fingertips. And then we're thinking about the 12. And, you know, besides when we saw Villanelle's flat get cleaned out and her poor old neighbor, former spy, get bratatatad. Like, aside from that, they didn't collect Villanelle. They collected everything else. And and But besides that one cleanup job that we saw, we, we, we haven't, yeah, we haven't seen the range of the 12 to it being its devastating tower level it's peak it's not there 
And your number four ties into my number three, which was uh, Helene Flex. Like, I need to see Helene do a thing that I know that she can do, whatever it is. I don't know if it's issue a command. I actually want to see her do something herself. Like, where she's just at the point of, I'm surrounded by idiots, but not that. But something like, look, I mean business, and apparently everyone in this organization has, I don't know, gotten too fat off of the spoils of un, uh, contested victories that we've mm. had as far as a trend as an organization. Maybe we only think we're as good as we are because no one's come up to say, you know what, I challenge you or I object. And now you got these queers who are basically short-circuiting everything. So, and everyone's affected. So I need to see Eline just sort of, I don't know, put her foot down in a way that people take notice to. And it's, I, I want it to also mean something. I want it to be, I mean, I, it doesn't, maybe not world ending, but it needs to mean something. And it, I want it to also feel great. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I want all those things too. Actually, yeah, your third just ties ties a little bit into my third, which is that I would like to have Eve and Villanelle on the road or on the run together or both at the same time. Kind of like Bonnie and Bonnie. Just like having to work together, having to use their separate skill sets and what they're good at. Just the, the banter back and forth would be amazing. And if I could just get some reckless queer sex, I just, I don't, I feel like I'm not asking for a lot. I feel like I'm not. But sometimes people on the internet make me feel like I'm asking for a knot. And I'm like, am I? Am I? Is it so intense to ask for two women who are into each other? And if you, if you, if you count on the, the series three finale, love each other, love each other then we can't have a spontaneous smash in the lab laboratory <laughs> let's not talk about the bathroom jaunts of the past but i'm just saying a lot of things have happened for a lot of queer people in a lot of bathrooms right well yeah no no including yeah, in it's, series it's, one it's, episode one right nice it was space. in a bathroom right no, wear, yeah. it yeah, wear it down wear it down wear it down so i'm just saying i'm just saying i just and i feel like i said this when we were wrapping up episode eight last year that i just need for them to be together. I don't want to spend another five episodes or four episodes before we see them reunited. Like, I'm over it. Suzanne decided to break the mold. So it's done. It's broken. So we need to start series four with them together. With them together so we don't have to go through the same old bullshit of like, oh, here's a convoluted plot to get them back together because again, 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 I'm not going to let it die. Someone explain to me how you say what you say to each other on a bridge. How you are not only loving this person but sexually attracted to this person and then you go i'll see you i'll uh you have a good night i'm just <laughs> like who does you know that? i'm, I'm kind of homeless was a friday so, night. Right. i don't know that it was a friday night but it looked like a friday night it looked like it was so you don't go home you go elsewhere i'm going to the bitter pill on the sofa you know <laughs> get my sleeping bag good lord all right on to the next my number two it ties into sort of your on the run and road trip stuff my number two is villainy sex because I don't know why it's taking this long, but let's get that going. You know, cannibalism is a thing. So it's going to be an explosion of sorts. Either someone's got to die, someone's going to eat something amazing, or uh, there's going to be sex. Smash, smash, right. smash. So let's smash. hope that we channel those energies and be on the same page. That will, that will, be, that will work for me. And if it's the more on screen that you can do with the way y'all um your rating <laughs> systems work I, like i understand fucking bbc i know i Lord. don't know whatever i you know what is straight up and to the point we know what it is we've been talking about the smash and we will continue to talk about the smash until 2022 until we get that damn smash so i i feel where you're coming from i get it i respect it 
I support it. All right. So my next one is my number two is that I would like for Villeneuve, a.k.a. even Villanelle, to have a double murder. I want them to catch the murder together. This was something I wanted last season. We basically got the tag team murder and that was cute. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what they did to Dasha, but I want them on the premises at the same time because I just need Villanelle to see what the fuck happens to Eve's face when she's mid murder. I just need her to see what that looks like. And then whatever happens from there is what happens from there. I would just like for her to see what that is. Because if we, once again, flash back to series two, season finale, we saw what Villanelle's face did when she saw Eve do a murder. And that's when Eve was, she was vexed. She was perplexed. She was <laughs> upset. And she still had herself a whole ass O yep. looking at Eve. So imagine if she caught Eve's face and what it was doing while she was crushing Dasha's fucking chest. Oh, like when she threw the bodyguard in front of the bus and Eve was like, oh. <laughs> She's like, Ooh. Eve, have you messed your underwear, darling? Because I know, I know you did. That was rhetorical. <laughs> And he was like, how dare you put me on blast like this in a cafe, in a cafe, <laughs> Villanelle. There's people here. So I just, I just, I need it. Like, I've been begging for the double murder since the show started. I need it desperately. I would like to have it in series four. All right. And my number one, and I, I still need this to be a thing, is I would like for Villeneuve to address the wounds that they have inflicted upon one another. Because... Like the, 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 the scars, the physical like, scars. Yes, this is scar where, play. Right. Are we back to scar yeah, play? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Like this is. I'm like that. I'm like, don't make it. Don't try to dress it up. Let's call okay. it what it is. Scar uh, play. I would like there to be scar play. Like this happened. This is a thing you did to me. This is a thing. So not like what they did where it was Caress like, it, do you apologize? It. No. Kiss it and are make you, it better. Are you sorry? No. All right, then we're good. No, no, no. I need more of look, look at it. <laughs> right. And you look at this. Okay. So I see. I see you. You see me? We, we, we see, see each other. other. Right. We see each other. We see what we done did. That's my number to each one. Other. Please. And thank you. That's a good ass number one. Um, that's a good ass number one. My number one is literally, it was a previous number one. We're, he we're headed right back there because there's a theme with Candace, if you haven't figured it out. And that theme is smash. Yes. The theme is a smash, which really gets to what you're playing. Because I'm like, if we have scar play, do we not automatically jaunt into a smash after that? I feel like we do. I feel like that's what happens. I feel like those are the facts. And so I'm, I'm there with you. I just want to see our girls just have some moments, some time together. They deserve it. There's been a lot of stress. There's been a lot of distractions. There's been a lot of people in their business and I would just like for them to have moments, intimate moments, with a little bit of humor, a whole lot of sexy vibes, maybe some violence. Like, I, I'm good with that, too. Right, like I can that do violence. Can... You guys didn't see what I was doing with my hands, but I was literally constructing <laughs> stuff in the air. It might have looked like a kata for martial art, but it's what I'm trying to orchestrate for our two sapphic assassins. Here's where the bullet went in. Here's where it came out. This is the cut from the Love in the Elevator lipstick that you gave me. Look at it. Look now at the Now you scar. know that cut is gone. I know The scar gone. was gone at the end of the episode. I know they didn't even give gone. us that. Because we know. thought that for sure that Villanelle was going to be like, ow, the scar. And they were like, it healed. <laughs> <laughs> Eve uses Carmack. She, she uses right. great she fucking. imported <laughs> straight from wherever they do oh really great skincare look at. Look my waveform. Why does it look out of control? Hopefully it's not out of control. <laughs> Hopefully it's not out of control peaking. Amazing lip balm. Bitch, I, I guess we done with the section finally oh, did it yeah. i don't think we did it in the time allotted that we said we we're gonna do it but we did it yes and that's what matters yeah all right so let's take a look at what's going on on spotted on twitter tumblr oh all right um you guys see this wait I'm is that twitter tumblr what is it you. send it right, immediately it all right, right here, now here, all right it's so all the things all right I don't think we actually have, I mean, we do have a bunch of spotted ons, but I think we were reserving that for the more extended episode. Yeah. 
when we start getting back into the listener inbox and the messages and things we have there. But I did want to mention something I spotted several times on Twitter more frequently, like a week or so ago. But still, it disturbed me. And you already know about this because I mentioned it to you. I was like, look at this. And you had actually said you saw stuff too. And it it is comparisons of the film I Care A Lot that is currently on, it's Netflix, right? Look, at, I watched it and I've already blocked most of where I got it from. Oh, yeah. Um, it was, I want to say Netflix. Yeah, it's a Netflix property starring Rosamund Pike, another actress called Eliza Gonzalez, Peter Dinklage, and who is, I'm, I'm leaving one out, Diane Weiss. Diane I think Weiss. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Diane Weiss. Yeah, so she is an heir. And I don't know, y'all. I don't know where these comparisons are coming from. Like, yes, there is a queer woman. It's a queer character. Queer characters in both properties. But I'm lost in the sauce at how you guys, those of you, that is, that are comparing Killing Eve to the film I care a lot, especially when one was authored by a man, heterosexual man. And the other was authored by a woman, a non-man. So what? But let me... Go ahead. No, I just, I mean, even if I try to think of, like, I can't, I can't, that's another square I can't personally circle, where it's like, yeah, I saw all the reaches to look at all the uh, Killing Eve stands uh, growing a conscience suddenly when it comes to I care a lot. Like, your fave literally kills people. And I'm like, what kind of a tweet is, like, what kind oh, of... Oh, what? That's a bit of a goofy take, a little bit. I need people to remember that, like, the patriarchy and, like, misogyny, that adds context <laughs> to, like, how things are perceived. Like, that's a thing that matters. Oh, Lord. Um, nuance is a thing. So uh, people who, I, I mean, you could like a thing and you don't have to compare it literally to any other thing that you see. I mean, it's not like, you know... It was created by a similar director with a similar vision. There's definitely a, an agenda afoot. And I mean, it, it can get its roses, but it doesn't have to be like a thing where you're rooting for the good quote unquote guy or the quote unquote bad guy. Like the way it ended, I, I'm not I'm not here to spoil, but uh, the way it was looking like it was going to end. Yeah. The oh. way it was looking like it was going to end was. Um, oh, did you finally finish it? No, I, I keep trying to. My, my body is weird with, with, I with properties like I can't. that. I can't. I feel like one of the tweets that stood out for me was someone who basically compared watching I Care A Lot as a Killing Eve fan or stan to being a holy experience. And I'm like, but but if you're if you're worshiping at the altar of misandry, don't women kind of have to be involved on multiple levels, not just in front of the camera, as well, right. has always been the case? Like, I'm afraid to even go look at who's on the credits of I Care A Lot, but I'm sure it's dude. Sure it is. No, it is. And I just kind of want to point out, I know we're going to talk about I Care A Lot more extensively in a different episode, but I just want to point out that, like, I don't think that we are confused about Villanelle loving women, right? Like, we know that she finds women attractive, that she enjoys finding them attractive, and she enjoys engaging in her attraction to women. I don't know that that vibe comes across in I Care A Lot. In my estimation, that character very clearly hates women and for some reason has space for the woman she's fucking, which, you know what? I'm not going to go into my patriarchal rant about why, for me, it feels so obvious that a man wrote it because men can objectify and be like, this is this woman right here is someone that will get a piece of my decency, but the rest of y'all are on some bullshit. And so, yeah, we'll. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I want to say because I don't want to spoil it or save it for like where we specifically say we're talking about the film, especially because so many people wanted to compare it to Killing Eve and I just feel like it's vastly inappropriate and disrespectful to Phoebe Waller-Bridge to do that 
stuff. But yeah, I just wanted to say that really quick, even though we're not really doing a spotted on, is that I do not think that media created and authored by men is ultimately comparable to media created and authored by women, especially a subversive bitch like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I also want to say that when you have a character like this one in the film that hates women, she predicates her violence against mostly women and not just that. Older women, the elderly. Yeah, I just, I feel like that's that's a, like, we can have discussions about what kind of feminism that is, but I'm going to also say to you, it's not. It's the patriarchy, recycled. So, whatever. I'm not going to go on a jaunty rant. I just wanted to mention it because I keep seeing it on the Twitter, and I'm like, why do people keep comparing Killing Eve? I care a lot. But we're going to talk about it more extensively down the road. You guys will see. But if you have any opinions, if you have strong opinions about I care a lot, perhaps to the degree that you have strong opinions about Killing Eve, please write the fuck in. I'd hate you guys at wellwellvillanelle.com. Let us know your thoughts because we are intrigued. Are you saying this because they're both queer and kind of mean? Because I don't, I'm really just trying to figure out where the translation comes from because I wouldn't say that Roseman's character is a killer, even efficient at like throwing hands the way that Villanelle is. But yeah, Terrence really has nothing to say on this because I told him to watch it. He's refused. He hasn't I, done it. Yeah, no, I... So you could keep that same energy when I tell you I'm not watching Sabrina, okay? I just want to say, keep that same energy when you say, yes, but you haven't watched it. And I say, I never will. Just remember you with I Care A Lot, that you were like, I can't do it. She's like, don't make me suffer alone. And I'm like, you really want me to watch a woman hurt older women? First of all, I suffered alone. Well, not alone, because I was watching with a friend, but I already suffered. And because of all the killing you juxtapositions, I was like, you got to watch it so we can thoughtfully critique it. And you were like, let me try. No. And so you haven't tried it since then. What did you get? 20 minutes in, if that? Barely. Yeah, it was a barely. It was. It was. It's just that speech where she's like, I'm a lioness. And I'm like, a lioness who's taking advantage of elderly people? That's that's interesting. That's an interesting way to categorize it because I feel like Villanelle taking out certain people is lioness behavior. But I do not think swindling an elderly person out of their money is lioness behavior. But that's just me. But you know what? I will end this ridiculous spotted on segment with something that that is not related to what I just said, but it's funny. And it was a tweet I saw from a user, Villanelle. It's one of the many Villanelles, just spelled differently than what you would expect. And they had a tweet that had about 4,500 likes that said, why are straight people still watching Killing Eve? And (laughs) Right? That part. That part. And there was a, a screen cap of a Killing Eve post in the Reddit, Killing Eve Reddit. You frequent that Reddit a lot of times. Terrence, maybe you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I dip my toe in there every once in a while. And so the screenshot has the post that sparked this tweet. And the title of the post is, I feel so bad for Eve's marriage. And then the comment itself says, bruh, the marriage just seems to be going downhill. They're trying so hard, but her weird obsession with Oksana is ruining the whole thing. It makes me kind of sad. I hope things get better along the line. I hope they don't get separated or divorced because I love them together. Wow. That's like saying, you know, poor Maria Maria is just home (laughs) alone waiting for her woman to just come home because she's been away for a couple of days, you know? She's been away for a minute. And, you know, hopefully um, they can reconcile that, you know? There was this big, you know, kerfuffle at the wedding. I don't know if you saw, but then, you know, it seems like ever since then, it's just been, they've been they haven't gotten enough screen time together. It's like, well, what's going on? Why why give this character a spouse if we're not going to do anything with that spouse? Honestly, sir, that is enough. <laughs> that is enough about Nico Palastri, who we will never see again. We will never 
see me go. I mean, Australia. I was talking about Maria, but yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maria, we will see that bitch either. We no, will see Maria. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I feel like were you one of the people that was like Maria's gonna come back before series three ends, and then she just didn't because there were people holding on to that idea, and I was one of them that theorized maybe Maria will see her walk in the street with Eve and be like, "Hey, yo, Bay, what, <laughs> what is this? I know we said we had an open relationship, but you were supposed to inform me of like the openness in the relationship. I know, but yeah, so that's that's is my my fun spotted on because I've not spotted much on Twitter or Tumblr in these past few months. But I did spot, I did spot the I Care Lock comparisons and I did spot a gay in the wild, presumably being like, why are the straights still engaging with Killing Eve? Why do they watch it? And that is a question I don't know that we'll ever be able to answer. Lucy, aka at Villanelle. But thank you for sending out this tweet and reminding all of us that there are still confused straight people watching Killing Eve. Lord. And hoping for the best. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was well, obnoxious laugh, but hoping for the best from Nico and Eve. Like, good Lord. Did you not hear season one where she was like, I thought about your whole murder from start to end? You know, I guess that really turned some of the, the They forgot the when she knocked off. the shit out of Nico? When she engaged in domestic violence and then left him on red and went to a whole other country? I gotta work thing. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, that's it. That's it for this edition of Spotted on Twitter and Tumblr. Alright, um, so we're gonna skip over favorite line of the week that's going to be on our uh meteor meteor uh snack so this is supposed to be a mini we're trying our best to try to like speed through this so we'll actually just jump into our uh final takes this is the end guys well almost the end all right. Well, what is your final take, good sir? It's um, everyone ultimately is, you know, uh, they are working on uh, how to rev up this engine. And uh, the way how they chose to do it for Series 3 with the way that we started with this time skip, with the way that we decided to off people who we called darlings and mainstays since the beginning of the series and with all of the extra players that we decided to throw into the pot and we said we're nervous because there's too many people in the pot and we don't know how there's gonna be room for everyone and our ladies to have their screen time together and for it to all like work work out and make sense those uh fears were soon realized and we ended up with the series that we got um, so series four so far, uh, there have I'm waiting for announcements of these players are stepping up and in, into X role, Y role, Z role. So those revelations will come as they are announced. They have not been announced yet. We don't know if it's because people are hiding their hands or if there's just currently no news. So um, any traction is is good traction, and so um, keep your ears nice pale for. Uh, the stories as they develop because we will surely have opinions and talk about it once it's announced true that what do i have for final takes being i don't know we made it bitch like we made it through 2020 we made it through the fuckery oh yeah we were not able to get into it on this snack bite episode but y'all know we as a fandom have been through it we have been through it underneath it in it sideways of it adjacent to it all the drama has come down on our fandom since we started this ridiculous series three last spring and we were yelling in our clown makeup and boy boy did we fasten some clown makeup i mean woo! clown makeup contour is still apparently the thing for 2022 since we won't be getting shit for 2021 and so i'm just happy that bitch we made it bitch we made it through 2020 we made it through the show we made it through the series we made it through some really tough times with a new showrunner 
we made it through the drought of our favorite thespians who have just been like, oh, the internet, social media, fuck what you heard. And we're still here. Like, it's been rough. It's been difficult. It's been stressful. It's been emotional, but we are here. And so I'm just happy to be in the life, on the planet, breathing and doing things to have many of those who I love and are closest to me still out alive. And so yeah. as long as we get the smash, let me let me keep it 100. <laughs> as long as we get the smash, my villain origin story will not exist. If we do not get the smash, well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> A sapphic terrorism? Is that what we're going to call it? Because I think that's what it should be called. Sapphic terrorism. It'll be a new thing. We can just add it to the folder of the gay agenda. The heads already are like, what are the gays up to? We'll just slip it in. This too. We're into this. Yep. And so I don't really have much to say but that, that I am happy to be here in 2021. I'm happy to be on the other side of what felt like. It felt like a giant boulder or just, what is that? Um, not a valley. What is that thing? Oh, chasm, a giant chasm of just like, oh, in so many ways, whether it was like killing me, fandom stuff, studio stuff, personal life stuff. So I'm just excited that we're still getting a season four and that our actors are all healthy. Fingers crossed. We've not heard anything Fingers about the crossed. Rona. Again, that's not necessarily our business if they got the Rona, but hopefully they're out there being healthy and shit and social distancing were appropriate. But yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to series four because I think it's basically all going to go, it's all going to be amazing or it's all going to be shit. Like, I don't know why I feel this way, but this is how I feel this way. I feel like there's no it's middle ground. It's nothing. either all, right, it's all or nothing. Series four is all or nothing. So I'm just ready to get there. It's true, you guys. We're going to have to wait like another eight months. Like, let's be honest. And eight months is probably, eight months is probably modest as fuck. Yeah. Because if we go based off the same schedule, because if they start shooting around the same time that they would normally shoot just maybe a little bit earlier than they would after the series normally ended we are definitely not seeing killing eve until april of 2022 right which is some bullshit some bullshit but we have to deal with that bullshit anyway that's my final take is like bitch we here we alive and we still have one of the best shows on tv putting out more content and so even though we have all taken else as fans and audience members, we can still take some W's. So let us jaunt into this year with that positive belief and affirmation. And hopefully we'll get that shit. Let's manifest the smash. I think I might make that a t-shirt. Just like if anybody wants to support manifest the smash. No one has to know what it means, but us. <laughs> but I'm gonna do that. No, it's true. Like walk, walk in your purpose and affirm it. Manifest the smash. <laughs> Laugh a little too hard. Manifest the smash. Imagine if that was like a, a seminar at 2 p.m. Manifest the <laughs> smash with Candace and Terrence. I could already see it in the clubhouse room. I could see it. <laughs> Yo, so are we good on this snack? Yeah, I feel like call it? That's... Yeah, for I now. Mean, yeah. We already, we we really did go beyond the time allotted. I don't know why we thought we did here to one hour. That definitely did not happen, but we still kept it under four. So for us, that's saying something. I know. I mean, I'm sure y'all looked at the time and was like, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I hear them now, but, but we can see. We can oh, see how long this is going to be. Good Lord. All right. So hit the people with the thing, with the end, with the thing, the thing that you do. Oh, wait. That's on me, right? I got to do... I'm doing songs. I'm doing music. Oh, we got a we got a Rona jam. You know, as long as the Rona is plaguing our lives, there will always be Rona jams, especially from the islands where I just feel like somebody making music every day. Truly, about anything could be about tangerine, could be about a mango. Someone's writing a song. All right. So, what do I have for y'all today? Another Rona Didi from Abia, Israel, and it's called Coronavirus. Bitch, let's get into it. This is me bopping and vibing. I know. 
I feel like how many other songs have Babylon? <laughs> I mean, in the days, in the days, so yes. Okay, with that part. Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your mouth. Don't touch your face. What is happening to the human race? Simple questions that we need answers to. But anyway, go ahead, sir. Hey, reminder that you can reach out to us at hey, you guys, all one word at wellwellwellnow.com. Our Insta is wellwellwellnow and our Twitter, if you are bad about it, is wellwellnow. Uh, as you know, we are recording out in New York City. Um, we are slowly opening up 25 to 35%. And when restrictions are rolled back, people don't know how to act. (laughs) So um, continue to pray for your loved ones wherever they are. Make sure that they are not in the realms of people who are reckless with their lives. I mean, it's like secondhand smoking, but biologically much worse. Yes. Yes, don't Don't touch touch your eyes, eyes, don't touch your mouth, don't touch your face. Wait, is that the uh, closest I've ever come <laughs> to a Caribbean accent on this podcast? It's possible. Uh, our hearts go out to all the families who have had to deal with firsthand loss of life during this time. Yes. Please do your part to stop the spread and lower your risk of mass infection. You can support this podcast by rating or reviewing on iTunes. Please. Uh, you can support our Patreon, which is available in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You can use Ko-Fi, buy us a coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash massagery. Uh, and lastly, you can check out our Networks Patreon at Church of Misandry. Church of Misandry! And from there, you can support the projects that fall under the network umbrella as it helps offset That's us. overhead. All the stuff we do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It helps us offset overhead and with unexpected expenses like meeting and public transportation and repairs and things like that. Uh, also, a big special shout out always to all the central workers that work around the clock tirelessly in the midst of the the crazy crazy virus out there uh whether you are salary whether you're hourly tip based and everyone in between because you help keep the city running and we can't do what we do without you motherfuckers and we appreciate and love y'all so is it time for the country but that that's what we do it yeah it is time for the country so let me turn this on into a song that's a little bit more upbeat but also a Roma jam. Because I feel like last year I was doing some soca shit. But I think I'm going to cross over between the soca and the Rona in this next jam. All right. This next song is from Trinidad Man. And it's entitled Run From Corona. Run. Run well, from it. Well. Shout out to Jess who gave me that shirt that says six feet back or six feet under. Which is going to be my energy right. through the entirety of 2021. Approach me at your own risk. All right. Let's hit that shit. All right, all right. I would like to say a special thank you to South America. Hey. Uh, thank you to North America. Hey. Special thank you to Great Britain. Uh, thank you to Canada. Canada, what's up? Uh, thank you to Australia. Australia, how's it going on down under? Thank you to Germany. Germany. Uh, thank you to South Korea. South Korea, we love you. Uh, thank you to France. France, uh, Thank you to Sweden. Sweden, you're the best. Uh, thank you to Spain. Hey, hola. Uh, thank you to Brazil. Brazil. Uh, thank you to Russia. Russia, we love y'all bitches in uh, Russia too. <laughs> uh, thank you to Mexico. Mexico. Hola, uh, hola. Thank you to Norway. Norway. Uh, thank you to Denmark. Denmark. Uh, thank Good you to up. Denmark. <laughs> Uh, thank you to the Netherlands. The Netherlands. 
We love you guys. And thank you to New Zealand. New Zealand, you guys are doing the best right now at Rhoda. And we love you for it. Thank you. thank you to Italy. Italy. Ciao. And thank you to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Wait, I said that wrong. Saudi Arabia. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Poland. Poland. Shout out to Nico Hive. Shout out to Nico Hive. Thank you to the Philippines. Philippines, we love you. And thank you to Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Thank you to Incredible. Thank you to Singapore. Singapore, you shit. Thank you to Finland. Finland, you Finnish motherfuckers. Thank you for streaming. Thank you to Chile. Ciao, ciao, ciao to you bitches over there. A thank you to Taiwan. Taiwan, good looking out. A thank you to Czech Republic. The Czech Republic doing what they do. A thank you to Luxembourg. Luxembourg, thank you so much. And a very special thank you to the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. The landlord of this building is like, what y'all doing? Why y'all turning up like this in the studio? And it's like, we always turn up like this. That's what Shit. You know what? It's because we're getting real squirrely. It's getting real bad. Um, we've not been out to dance oh, yeah, no. in a long ass fucking time. It's been, it's been a lot of months. Still haven't experienced WAP, you know? It's like, it's like in the process of other people, other bitches, just yeah, like just... out and doing things. I mean, what is this life? What is this life? Okay, guys, until the next snack episode. Yeah, yeah. Here's hoping you get killed by a woman. Bitch, we made it. But you know who didn't make it? Villanelle and Eve to the boudoir. So that's what we need for 2022, right. bitch. This is a campaign. It starts now. I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm not going to stop. Mango. I'm not. Be prepared. All right. Until next time. It's like totally murder.